Hello, everyone, and welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report. If you're listening, you know that uh, we come together every week to talk about the current issues we're exposing, confronting, and changing. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, and uh, we've got a really timely guest today, Alex Nagy, the California Director for Food and Water Watch, which is an organization in California and across the country uh, that's advocating uh, for your rights uh, and uh, health as a consumer uh, in food safety, water safety, and for a livable climate. So thanks so much, Alex, for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Carmen. Uh, very, very much appreciate you taking your time uh, out of a, what I know is a busy week, um, because this week is the five-year anniversary of what was the largest methane gas blowout in United States history uh, at the Aliso Canyon gas storage facility up in the uh, San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And Alex has been on the leading edge of the fight uh, trying to uh, shut this facility down and protect uh, the public health uh, in the region. Um, and today's the culmination of a week of actions uh, uh, to create pressure around that action. So uh, I guess first off, the smart thing to do, Alex, is remind everyone of just what happened up at Aliso Canyon and, and the scale uh, of that uh, disaster. Yeah, well, well, five years ago today, actually, October 23rd, 2015, SoCal Gas discovered a leak at one of their 116 underground gas storage wells up at the Aliso Canyon Gas Storage Facility right, right here in Los Angeles. And underground gas storage is really um, when a gas company or utility stores gas at very high pressure in old oil fields. And so this field in particular had been in use at the turn of the 20th century and was the Getty oil field. And those same oil wells that were, you know, between 50 and 70 years old were repurposed for gas storage. And when SoCal Gas took over that field in the 70s, um, they essentially used those wells. And over time, they deteriorated significantly. SoCal Gas never did any maintenance or inspections to ensure the, the safety and integrity of those old wells. And so in 2015, one of them, um, after enough corrosion, blew out. And SoCal Gas was really unable to respond to this crisis. Um, they had no plan in place for these types of blowouts and failed to contain the leak for 111 days. And it, it really was a massive blowout, an unprecedented release of methane um, over the course of that 111 days. We saw 100,000 metric tons of methane uh, spew out of the air, out of the well, and into the community. And we saw that come with it crude oil that was uh, left over in that oil field. And we know that the nearby community in the San Fernando Valley was just covered with this crude oil, um, inundated with other associated chemicals that come with the gas, like benzene and formaldehyde and acrolein. And so this created not only an unprecedented climate disaster, but a massive health crisis for the community. And, and right away, we saw people and pets getting horribly sick. By the end of this disaster, we saw over 8,000 families get relocated from their homes. The LA County Department of Public Health had issued a relocation order for a five-mile radius. Uh, surrounding this blown out well, but it was all voluntary. And it just 
um, I think really goes to show that the, the community was really struggling to get information out about this because there were a lot of things done that um, were not required. Uh, there was no requirement to relocate people for their health. As we said, it was voluntary. And the other really challenging thing about this disaster is that it's completely invisible to the naked eye. You can't see a gas leak. And so that made it extremely challenging um, to organize around this, to expose that it was even happening. And meanwhile, you had the gas company first lying to the community saying nothing was going on. And then once we were successfully exposing the situation, they worked quickly to cover it up and get agencies and uh, local and state agencies to side with them and and downplay the health risks of this um, disaster. And so people really ended up um, in a bad situation and a lot of folks passed away, um, a lot of pets died, and we're still seeing this health crisis unfold. People's health is still um, very, very vulnerable and people have gotten really bad diseases, cancer since that uh, blowout five years later. Well, and if if I remember correctly, and and you know, it's been a it's been a few years, so I, I'm not sure I do, but correct me if I'm wrong. the 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 contention was uh, that this wasn't really uh, a significant public health risk. That maybe it smells bad, but everybody in the community is just really uh, uh, overblowing the situation when they complain of these health health risks. If 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 I'm remembering that correctly, that the company was just poo pooing. Uh, the reality of the situation. Yeah, SoCal Gas uh, had a very effective line that just said, oh, this is just a nuisance. This is really just annoying. And yeah, it smells bad, but no long-term health effects. And they were downplaying those health risks um, and successfully uh, got the LA County Department of Public Health to go along with those talking points. And we've seen lawsuits come out since this this whole situation where firefighters are now suing the gas company and, and specifically name you know the department of public health in those lawsuits where they would go around and do tours with the gas company hand in hand with health officials and and repeat the same talking points that there would be no long-term health effects and of course they couldn't say that at the time because they were not disclosing all of the chemicals coming out of there. Uh, one thing in particular that has come out in the lawsuits is just how much benzene is in SoCal Gas's supply um, and that the, it really contains uh, benzene levels 10,000 times higher than the California EPA deemed safe. And the World Health Organization says there's no safe level for benzene. And this was really what was found in people's bodies. The health department also told doctors not to do any toxicology testing during this blowout. And so people were being turned away from their doctors from doing blood tests and trying to figure out what's going on with them. And we've seen uh, one doctor, Dr. Nordella, um, rise to the occasion and, and kind of go up against the health department and do these types of um, toxicology analysis. And he's looked at hair and urine and blood samples and found really concerning things, high levels of ethylbenzene, uranium, uh, strong indicators for benzene poisoning. Um, and he really put his job on the line. He was fired uh, from his position as the Porter, Porter Ranch Quality Care Medical Director at the time. So 
there has been a lot done to cover up this health crisis. And that really is the issue here, is that people still are getting sick. People died during this disaster. Um, and it continues to pose a serious danger to the community um, as it's being used almost more frequently uh, now um, than it was before. Um, and so, yeah, this is the main reason why we want to see this place get shut down because it's just such a, um, it's, it makes the community sick every day. So that's a, a good shift to uh, what, what you've been up to this week. This week has been a week, a week of actions. Uh, you are on SoCal go uh, Gas's doorstep. You are on uh, the doorstep of the governor. Uh, tell me about what's been going on this week. Yeah, so this week um, we're trying to kind of break out of our COVID-19 lockdown cocoon, and we've been kind of sheltering in place like everyone else has, but we really wanted to take this five-year anniversary is a moment to make it a political moment that Governor Newsom can't ignore. And he has personally committed to uh, both uh, Jane Fowler and Deirdre Bologna, two moms from the community, that he would shut down Elisa Canyon, that he was fully committed to doing this, and that he wanted to do it on an expedited timeline. And instead, what we've seen since he was elected is the use of this facility increased by 3,000% compared to Governor Brown's last two years in office um, as he was leaving Aliso Canyon was pretty much shut in and not used at all. But since Newsom has taken over, uh, we've seen regulations weakened. The Public Utilities Commission is really uh, giving SoCal Gas the keys to justify and ramp up the use of this facility because it, it really benefits SoCal Gas's bottom line, um, not really play a need for energy reliability, which we showed for the first two years that it was essentially shut in. And so we, we're sick of this. We're sick of being ignored and lied to. And we're sick of Governor Newsom's hypocrisy as a climate leader. He cannot be a climate leader and allow this climate catastrophe to go unchecked. Um, and so, you know, he's taken $32,000 from Sempra Energy, which is the parent company for SoCal Gas, while running for governor. Um, and so we really wanted to connect the two together. So we went up to Governor Newsom's house, um, which we wish we didn't have to do, especially during a pandemic, but we felt it's just too urgent to be ignored. And so we, we drove up there with about 10 Los Angeles residents and had a dozen of us outside of his house on Tuesday. Um, we, we asked his security staff if he would come out and meet with us, and of course he didn't. Um, but we just you know, held a really strong vigil out there and took stories with us, about 21 stories of community members with us to show Governor uh, Newsom just how serious this is. If he would just stop and listen to the voices and, and the community and what they've experienced and what they're still experienced, he would feel that urgency to shut it down. And then we, we went to the SoCal Gas headquarters in downtown LA, some massive sky rise building where they base their operations. And we, you know, urged again for Governor Newsom to cut ties with the gas companies, stop taking fossil fuel money and really stand up to SoCal Gas, stop letting them run the show and dictate our energy future. Because if we allow that to happen, we're surely headed to climate catastrophe that will be hard to reverse. Um, and so, yeah, it's been an eventful week and we've been 
all over social media as well. Governor Newsom has an active Twitter account, and um, we know he pays attention to his social media. So we've been very active online as well and just trying to use any avenue and tool possible to make our voices heard. Well, you know, and you mentioned that um, <clears throat> the the facility was shut down for uh, for a long time uh, after the leak, uh, after many months was finally contained and really showed that California uh, can survive uh, without this massive gas storage facility. And even though um, SoCal Gas and the PUC say otherwise, we I, I know that uh, L.A. County did a study that said we are just fine. Uh, without uh, without this uh, natural gas storage facility. So it's not a question of um, what do we do if we shut it down? It's just a question of uh, do we have the will to shut it down? So um, it's a message the governor needs to hear. So I know you've a um, couple things uh, our listeners can do to both learn more and get involved in this. I know that there's a powerful new uh, multimedia um, project uh, fine art documentary um, that is sharing the stories of some of the families in the community who have been impacted, which we don't necessarily have the time to tell these stories today, but I want to make sure that folks have a way to learn exactly uh, what the human impact is of this. And then also, I know you've got an, uh, an event tonight as well, so maybe we can wrap up with those two things, Alex. Absolutely. So the, the Elisa Stories Project, and this was put together by a resident, um, Hannah Benet of Porter Ranch, and she's really been involved. I've known her for the last five years. We got to know each other on the um, the protest lines um, when the gas blowout was still fresh, and she's just a wonderful photographer and has been documenting um, the fight and the rallies, and uh, she really wanted to, again, put a human face on this issue because it's been five years and it's easy to forget just how upending this was for so many people. And so she so far has uh, 21 portraits and stories up on her website. And you can check that out at alisostories.com. And it's just, it's heartbreaking and so grounding for me personally. It reminds me why I do this work, why this fight is so important because lives have been lost and lives have been ruined. And, you know, Deirdre Bologna, who I talked about, was promised by Newsom uh, that he would shut it down. You know, she lost her father to kidney cancer and he was, you know, kind of refused to move out of the area like a lot of people did. Just sort of there was so much much misinformation put out by the gas company and Deirdre's father really believed the gas company and believed the government. Well, if it was really that bad, wouldn't they tell us and, and kind of trusting too much in their government to look after them. And so it's just kind of tragic story after tragic story. Um, and, and we really need Governor Newsom to pay attention here. And then tonight um, on, on October 23rd, 2020, at 6 p.m., uh, we're doing an online commemoration event where we're really going to, you know, uplift the champions. There have been so many community leaders who have never been involved in politics or activism who have just become the champions in this fight. And so we're going to uplift and honor them um, as well as, you know, continue to tell our stories and show what's possible, how we plan to push Newsom to do the right thing and ultimately shut down Aliso Canyon. Um, and so there's a, a website that you can go to 
fwactions.us slash commemorate. So that's F as in Frank, waction.us slash commemorate. And you can sign up there and join us tonight. And we'd really love to have you. All right. Well, we will uh, definitely uh, include that um, link uh, in the description of the podcast so folks can find it uh, if they're looking for the link to the action um, for tonight's event. Uh, And those start at 6 p.m., correct? 6 p.m. tonight, yeah. Great. And folks can also, if they want to take direct action but uh, can't join at 6 p.m. or perhaps are listening to this podcast on Saturday, uh, they can go to elisostories.com. As, as Alex mentioned, there's a petition to the governor. I know they're uh, calling on Governor Newsom to finally uh, uh, live up to this promise to the community and shut Aliso Canyon down. Um, thanks so much, Alex, for all of this, um, uh, all of this work and all of this activism. We're really uh, glad to support um this movement uh, to shut Aliso down, um, which will not only uh, help the uh, community in the San Fernando Valley, but will help the state of California with one less uh, fossil fuel facility um, endangering our climate. Absolutely. Thank you for continuing to follow and help us tell this story. We really appreciate it. Well, uh, thanks so much again for being here, Alex. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, in addition to going to elisostories.com, remember, as always, to subscribe to the podcast at SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been the Rage for Justice Report, uh, and I'm Carmen Balder. Thanks for listening. <laughs>